kid yeah buddy can you hear me yeah bud can you hear me yeah um i have you on my monitors not on my headphones but okay this would be all right yeah totally oh check, it, mic- check us out hey look at us we're, we're stream boys yeah stream boys live in the stream live in the stream man i yeah. like it yeah how you doing good man just uh you know playing bass oh yeah let me hear some you want to hear what i've been cooking up let's hear what you're cooking up there kid it's 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 raw it's raw Shit, man. I'm, I'm all about the oysters. All right. That's where you find the pearls. <laughs> My man. All right. I'll show you what I've been cooking up. I see it. So, you know, this, I, I dubbed this the Blood Moon Bass. Shout out MBJ Guitars. My man, Joe Cruz. Shout out. So, I was working on a little bit of a Beethoven Moonlight Sonata. So, it's pronounced uh, Beethoven, but continue. It's Beethoven? Be- Beethoven. Beef- oh, Beethoven. Yeah, just, I mean, how it's written. Beef oven. Beef oven, yeah. I was actually hearing, um, I think it was a podcast about, yeah, it was Radiolab uh, talking about right. Beethoven symphonies uh, sped up and slowed down. Um, huh. He got a metronome in 1816, 1817 by uh, Maisel Metronome or whatever the fuck his name is. Really? And uh, it was after he'd written all eight of his symphonies, or eight of his nine, rather, and he right. uh already deaf, so his marking seemed way too fast. But the moral of the story is he's just a badass. And it's like, fuck y'all, play it fast. Wow. Yeah. I think, That's uh, cr- the I would love to see that metronome. Like, see a metronome from that time period. Because people thought it was broken, so they found it. And it turns out it's right. He's just a fucking boss. <laughs> he's just ahead of it. I had, like, an old school metronome for a while. It, it was, like, the old, like, it was really cool. But I, I think I still have it somewhere in a box. Um, all right. Shout out Beethoven. So this is a, I, I'm calling this the Blood Moon Sonata. All right. So it's the Moonlight Sonata, but it's more based on the Marcus Miller version of it. So okay. it's a little bit raw. I'm going to try a loop here. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. Let's get it cooking. How's that Lev? Sound good? Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Get my loop popping. Hey, there it is. Little six eight loop. Not bad, not bad at all. Envision, you know, like a swaggy six eight hi hat. See if I looped it right. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-
something like that. I like it. You dig it? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling it. I like that 6'8 feel, man. I'm trying to – it's the one problem working with Ableton. It's it's, I haven't quite tackled into how to create the off-time feels as much. I'm always curious about that because my music production is super limited, like just producing like in odd times. I mean, I guess you just set the parameter. If you were going to do something like 7-4, you just set it to like seven clicks a bar or whatever. Uh, yeah, well, with um, with Ableton, um, you can set in this in the session view. That's kind of where you have like the the general boxes that you've seen. Um, that's in my experience, I've used that in four four. I'm sure someone who's done it more knows how to do it differently. But when you switch to the arrangement view and you're just like putting out each of your chunks, you can adjust it at will and um, hmm. change like the measures. Um, I okay. really played around with it, but I'm I'm sure there's a very simple way to do it that I just haven't haven't worked with, but you know, there's a reason 4.4 works so well, and so many people use it because it works. Right, and I don't probably not too many electronic producers producing in 6.8. Shout out Supercilious. I know my boy Supercilious is. Oh but... yeah, Supercilious is sick, man. <laughs> He's a lot, a lot of odd time shit. Yeah, yeah. So I've always kind of, I've always been curious. I, I'm trying to up the game though a little bit with the production. You know, hey, look, I mean, we're we're podcast boys now. We, I, I'm rocking. I mean, you've been on, you've been on the tip, but I'm new to the microphone interface world. So. Yeah, you definitely have a better microphone than me. Mine's just like a shitty one that. I got for basically just capturing. I think it's mostly for talkback uh, for me and Owen for Schwa. I was gonna and, say that's what you use with Schwa, right? That's your setup. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've since I've messed around with. You're probably not gonna be able to hear it. Yeah, it's my things back there. Yeah. But I did a bunch of effects with the mic too to like you know delay and uh, weird shit. Owen messes around yeah. with that stuff. I saw when you guys did the 420 stream, you were yeah. getting some echo and. Uh, with the with the Afro Man joint you guys did, <laughs> there was yeah, definitely you need you need that uh, that four twenty slapback echo. Yeah, hell yeah, man! It was uh, <laughs> it was a fun time. We threw a theremin in there too. So we really, had a, we had a lot of plans for this uh, this April, and um, we shifted them into a different direction. But we had like a electronic drum kit. We were gonna try to mm. match up to different you know random like you you know Umaguma Pink Floyd. Oh yeah 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 crazy yeah, so, album several species stuff, but just like live and dancey. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, shit like that. I don't know. But I mean, you guys can get pretty um, creative in your respective studios, right? I mean, w- was he like, th- is he manipulating sounds and stuff when you're doing that? Like when you guys did that other stream set, are you doing it simultaneously, or is it just kind of you running it, or what? No, we um, for that stream specifically, we were trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, we haven't figured out yet how to do it live together. Yeah. So we created a essentially a backing backing track that we worked on and sent back and forth to each other. And I would be like, hey, I need some Moog over this part. Or um, uh, not Moog, I'm sorry, Theremin mm. um, over this part. And he would just like throw some shit in there. And then I would take the sound and I'd jump it up. I'd transpose it, flip it around, reverse it, and like do all sorts of shit. And, uh, flip it and reverse it. it. Yeah, put that thing down. We flipped it and reversed it. Right. Speaking of, I am not, for some reason, it's not switching our videos when we talk. So I'm doing it manually. You want to just record on your computer? So we Sure. Have M- mine is switching. I don't know why mine's not. Mine, uh... I, I have to it, again. It's doing the permission from the host. Let me know if you Let's see. There's a fuck off button and a <laughs> allow record button. Cool. I'll go with the second do, one. In this do one. I hold it? Is that okay? Now, hey, okay. Oh. Now I'm recording. Yeah, I don't know there why mine's not um, switching. Unpin. Okay. One two one two. I'm yellow box boy now. All right. I'm just boy. You're just boy. Boy. Is there any yellow box? No, there's not. Usually there is, and I don't understand right. why that's not happening. 
Interesting. Uh, I should have just started recording from the beginning, but what can we do? This was also our level check, but now it just feels like we're in the podcast. Yeah, well, for all those uh, just tuning in, everyone, uh, <laughs> we Luke just uh, played the greatest baseball <laughs> I've ever heard in my <laughs> In my living life. I've been, yeah, years in the making. Yeah, we're slaving it. on this Beethoven piece. Yeah, I don't know if anyone's seen Dennis the Menace, the uh, the live action movie where that's that the hundred year flower and it finally blooms. Wow. Ruins it and uh, poor Mr. Fuckface the neighbor misses the whole thing. That's a reference right there, my man. Yeah, shout out to Dennis. Guy's a real menace from what I hear. I mean, truly. So yeah, it's not, as long as it's recording in yours, that's good. Um, yeah, we should be cool. Yeah, I'll I've been kind of yeah, the just double the double dues, and we can maybe patch them together somehow. Or... And it might work. I've been, you know, I I've in the process of moving all my lessons over to Zoom, um, which is so much better than right. Skype anyway. Yeah, um, my uh, my base teacher um, that I started with 16 years ago is still using Skype. And, is that uh, yeah? Is that what you guys have been doing? Yeah, he's he's trying to switch to a. Uh, or he was doing FaceTime for for a bit, but I don't know. There's a new Google Meet thing that I don't know. Google Meet, so I've done lessons, or not lessons, like meetings and stuff on Google Meet, and it works fine with the interface with a bass level and a mic. The main thing with Skype is that you can, it's fine for audio, and your mic will work with an interface, but you can't do um, two inputs, I guess, with Skype. That was the main issue. Huh. Um, uh, or I just couldn't figure it out. I was doing it with my buddy Jules, Mad Midi shout out, who is the, the stream doctor, we are calling him now. All right, the stream doctor. Anybody who need who yeah, all of your streaming needs. He's got a pretty wild setup going. Um, he's going to stream tonight in the busking down the house page at nine thirty. I'm gonna check that out. Cool. What's he? Um, what does he do? So Mad Midi is this wild AV project that he runs where he's playing drums. I'll do a worse job explaining this than he would, but he's basically triggering audio and visual samples in real time using a drum kit. Okay. Um, so he has like multiple screens going on. The, the set is wild. I definitely encourage anybody to check it out. If you just Facebook search Mad Midi, you'll find his page. Jules Jensen is his name. So he'll do um, clips of like Star Wars movies, but it's a green screen. So he's playing in front of it and he'll be playing a groove and different samples, different parts of his kit are like triggering different samples. So different like lightsaber sounds, audio dialogue. That's so dope. And it really, also it links yeah. up the lightsaber sound with the same visual cue. Yes, exactly. Fucking dope. It's wild. So he's playing regular drums on songs and then adding in these, or it's just all effects? It's just, so, oh, there's real drum sounds. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he has all these synthesizers and, like, Moogs and, and different pedals. He's doing it with um, his bassist, Brian Ross, tonight. Yeah, it's really cool, man. And me and him actually have a project that we got cooking up that's uh, in the works very early, just more brainstorming phases but um you know kind of dealing with like movies and cinematic scores and bringing this audio visual element to it so um yeah it's been fun learning a bit more about it have you done any uh like i mean obviously probably not done any movies or anything but have you thought about doing scores for you know a, a small short film that someone made i would or things like yeah that? that's it's a it's a goal it's a dream of mine man yeah um the closest we've done is we did i i went to long island university for a couple of years and was living with a lot of film majors and a lot of which have gone on to have really successful film careers um alex megaro paul taylor chris godburn chris bell they've all gone on to like win awards at independent festivals and things like that nice um and they were just really talented and smart anyway when when i lived with them so it, it wasn't that surprising we had right. a fake um paranormal investigations youtube series we did called the paranormals 
Nice. Yeah, it was terrible, but it was awesome. That's that's um, what, what I like to hear. Is it? Uh, <laughs> can can we find it online? It's not because Chris Bell took it off YouTube, man. And uh, despite all of us like begging him to leave it there, I think now that he's a serious filmmaker, he doesn't want us uh, <laughs> with that with that bullshit on there. You gotta just uh, like find a clip of him doing something and like clip, you know, put him in and just make the worst movie ever. Be like, this is the alternative. So you I know. know. Or put right, it's up. like serious, independent, like silent films, or like this ridiculous fake paranormal investigation thing yeah but um so my buddy uh uh alex megaro did a film called spooky cabin and he asked the special to do the music for it and so we recorded a track called spooky cabin and it was like this fast paced kind of like 60s batman inspired thing it was like this like oh hell yeah yeah, like this like yeah it's like danny elfman surf punk um, it was really fun. And then we played it, you know, I like live sets for a while, but this was back in like 2008, 2007. So we haven't played it in a while. Um, so I don't like have like any film scoring software or anything. I studied it a bit at Berkeley, but I would love to just have the opportunity to for the special to do it solo, um, do work in any film score capacity. Um, it's like, I don't have orchestration abilities, but honestly, man, I've listened to like multiple podcasts with Danny Elfman. I actually just listened to a, a recent one that's awesome. I'd recommend it to, to you and to anybody. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. I actually had a uh, yeah. series of questions and one of them is what podcasts have you been checking out? Oh, so, great. Well, I'm about to give cool you two. Right. Yes. Beautiful pivot. Um, so one of my favorite podcasts, and this is Jules also put me onto this one, is called The Soundtrack Show. Um, just the soundtrack show. If you go to like a podcast app, you can find it, iTunes, anything like that. He's also on Instagram and stuff. And it's this guy, David W. Collins. And he works in a lot of Star Wars um, audio stuff, like doing um, sound effects for Star Wars video games and things like that. Okay. So he's a big Star Wars guy. And um, it's just really well done podcast where you can be a musician and get something out of it, but you don't have to have any musical knowledge. And it's still really interesting. And um, so I love that podcast. And then I've been checking out this new podcast, or I'm not sure if it's new, but it's new for me. It's called The Score. Um, okay. Yeah. And that is, um, I've only checked out a few episodes, but it's great. And that's where I listened to their season three premiere was an interview with Danny Elfman, um, which was awesome. So I've the soundtrack show has a really good podcast on Danny Elfman. And now this one is just like an hour and a half, two hour interview with Danny Elfman. And that's awesome. This dude, this dude's life is wild. Like, I mean, you know, you could tell, like, by listening to this guy's music, like, yep. this guy's got, yeah, there's some, you know, there's something, there's something to it. There's something, there's got to be some crazy history there. I won't, like, you know, spoil it or get too deep into it, but basically, man, like, he was in a punk rock band in high school. He's from, like, L.A., I think. And he's like, oh, I left high school and um, bought a violin and traveled to West Africa and then traveled <laughs> a- across the continent with my violin collecting drums. And he's got this hilarious voice. When you hear him talk, you hear, you think you're just hearing Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas. Because that, he did all the voicing for that and all the singing for that. So he's like, Oh, really? I didn't know that. He did the singing. There was a different voice actor, but yeah. And Nightmare Before Christmas, he cites as like one of his favorites because it was just him and Tim Burton and there was no studio pressure. But um, yeah, he's like, yeah, so me, so I was just traveling across Africa, which took much longer than I thought. He's, and then I moved to France and joined the circus with my brother. <laughs> like, of course he did. Crazy. And he's, um, he's yeah, he's Elfman. And so they had this circus troupe that they brought back to America called the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. <laughs> and that turned into Oingo Boingo, which was like his 80s band, which I've also now been diving into wild catalog. 
and basically Tim Burton called him up and was like, um, I want you to score a movie. I'm, it, it's his, I'm doing a movie for the first time. It's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And so Danny figured it was for his band, Oingo Boingo, to do a score. And he's like, no, I want you to do a score. And so he put a demo tape together, and that was like his first foray into scoring. And he just That movie was his first one? Yeah. That's a pretty good start. Yeah. Phenomenal <laughs> like, movie. Breakfast Machine, um, uh, Clown Dream. And that's the, the intro music for Primus, is they play those two songs. And from Pee-wee's big adventure and it's wild i didn't know that either it's um yeah it was danny elfman's first one and yeah, then there was primus uh claypool does the uh was it all, all primus or just claypool doing south park intro um it's primus yeah it's it's primus for the original one like the the the, the slow down like boom boom on down south park you know like the kind of like that's primus um, and that's a very like Larry Lalonde guitar part. But now the newer intro is Whamola, which is also a Les Claypool song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Whamola. Um, I remember the first time I ever heard that I was in college at LIU and it was when they switched theme songs. And I'm like watching it, of course, like in, you know, like a dorm, like, you know, a bunch of people all hanging out, like, you know, college stuff, bongs and like Bud Lights. And, <laughs> and it starts and I'm like, holy fuck, Whamola. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, this is Whamola. And that's that didn't get me any cool coolest, points. That, that's when you became the coolest kid in your entire dorm. <laughs> They're like, all right, who invited this guy? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that, that, that was a podcast I've been digging into. But, yeah, I'm curious what you've been uh, peeping in the podcast world lately. Um, I need to get more into the, the musical side of things. I'm trying to, to open that avenue more. Um, it was so easy for me to be like, oh, well, I, you know, play music a lot, so I want to, you know, learn more about quantum mechanics and, you know, listen to NPR and shit, which now is just not even worth listening to. What, uh, NPR? Yeah, the news is just... It's, oh, because it's, yeah, yeah. It's just new. It's Nothing's new about it. Here's the thing. We still don't know. Yeah. I, you can't listen. I, I stopped watching all... I used, I, I used to be a big uh, sports center junkie and just kind of have it on in the background if I'm cooking. Or I, I can't watch ESPN anymore. Well, now they can put out maybe, you know, one episode a month and ca get caught up because nothing's happening. But they're still it's, doing it every day. It's just cornhole. That's it, the only thing that's happening right now. Ha have you watched any of this cornhole? I love it. I was at uh, <laughs> uh, went to a bar to get some food, um, I think right before, like the night before I left for our long tour. Yeah. We're in there, and I just turned to the TV, and it's just cornhole, and I just transfixed. It's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not going to see it for six weeks, but, like, have you seen this? This is killing <laughs> right now. And I, like, I'm trying to, like, not look too much at it. Although now I've been really into chess. Uh, my friend PK, shout out PK right. from uh, yeah, Florida. Yeah, we were talking a bit about it. Yeah, he – um, yeah, that's right. We were talking with John. Um, he sent me that, that app, and I've just been, like, watching people play chess, and I, I – it's awful. It's not good. <laughs> is it making you, like, a better chess player? Uh, a worse person, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to play. But like, CZ literally told me today, is like, you got to get off the sauce, man. Like, you're getting way too deep in the chess right now. Really? You're going down the chess rabbit hole. Yeah, and I said, king me, bitch. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say that. Never happened. Um, I did not say that. Could not say not, that. I did not say that. But uh, well, the podcast I was listening to yesterday when I was thinking about bringing this up today was mm -hmm. uh, it's called The Portal with Eric Weinstein. The portal. Um, the portal. Yeah, he's a jot this shit down. Yeah, he used to be a uh, mathematician and like into like sort of into physics a little bit, which is like right up my alley. He's a yeah. frequent guest on Joe Rogan. Um, okay. Which I have to mention something I heard about him recently. 
the Spotify um, signing. Yeah, dude. What's up with that? <laughs> he just kind of casually dropped it. I never listened to the ads, and I was putting it on the other day. Yeah. Like, yeah, so we're going to Spotify. I'm like, shit. I, I mean, cool with me. It's the number one streaming app in the world, and it's be, it's my go-to for listening to music these days. So It works out, and he'll probably be able to, like, say more shit and, like, play music on it and not get pulled from YouTube like he has been. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's often just like, ah, we can't play that. because They'll, they'll get their episodes sometimes pulled off YouTube if they play a uh, – a song they're not supposed to use or show a video they're not supposed to show. So I don't know. That's, that's so whack, man. One of the, when we were talking last night about, you know, like try going live at some point, which we'll probably do, do a podcast. That's like a live stream and get some comments. We did it with dead last podcast right when quarantine started. It, it wasn't even really so much of a recording of an episode. We just did kind of like a live hang with followers of the page and stuff. And we were just talking about like contagion and virus movies and stuff. And we, we're talking about the remake of Dawn of the Dead and we played a clip of it and we played like too much of it. Like it was, un- we played like five, we played like 10 minutes of it's Dawn of the movie. Dead. It's a great, it's movie. a good, it's a really good remake. It really, Bing Rames, it really is. And um, yeah. And it got pulled off Facebook and deleted. While you were like doing you, it or after, right after you finished? While we were doing it. Jesus. Yeah. Like the, we stopped playing the clip and we were talking about it and then it was like, Oh, um, yeah, no, this isn't recording anymore, <laughs> and it deleted it, and it was wasn't saved or anything like that. So bummer, dude. I Wild. If, uh, if you could get get away with it on Twitch, we should look into that too. We uh, yeah, it's a good point. That's what we did for our 420 stream. That was on Twitch, and then we just kind of rebroadcasted on Facebook. Um, right. But Twitch that, is you know, dope. Twitch is dope. Yeah, I, I actually I, did. I did this thing with the, uh, this guy called the Etc. Kid. Um, he'd hit Jeremy up to work with him when we went out to uh, San Francisco. And Jeremy was like, you know, had other stuff going on. I had to see family or something. So I got to go on it. And he basically oh, cool. has his own little like looping setup. Um, and he does it all through Twitch. And that's like his, his job. He brings guests in. He, you know, compensates a little bit, them a little bit for their time. Yeah. And they just kind of jam together. And um, he had more of a, you know, his, it, it had the like Mark Rebele style where it's like approachable and fun. Yeah. It was a little less like, exactly like groovy but the reason that he did that is he crowdsourced the keys and like the um which instruments he's going to use so he's like all right vote on you know oh, which wow. key you want us to start in and like what instrument i'm using for it and he put it all together so it was very interactive and like kind of let the fans and cool. people watching be part of the experience which i thought was a, a really cool approach and idea that's a uh, yeah gave me some ideas of my own and isn't he doing like a virtual streaming tour now as well uh Rebele? yeah he oh, he was doing a drive-in tour, I think. Oh, that's it. Yeah, he was like the first one that kind of announced that drive-in tour. It's genius. I, right. I invite anyone anyone listening, um, all three of you, to uh, <laughs> take this idea. You know those uh, balls that you can like go on the water in, or like oh yeah, like the bubble balls. I yeah, bubble boy. For, yeah, like there's. I think it was a hundred thirty-eight dollars for one of those. You get fifty to hundred of them. Put it in a venue that usually takes you know 200 300 people and just let people run around you're safe no yeah that's that's such a pigeons vibe too yeah, i mean I, you guys have to be the first band to do I, that i'm saying it's just it's just calling out to happen like you have a way to <laughs> I've, I've thought of the design way too much where there's two balls inside of each other and the middle one doesn't move and you have like a bag up top like a wine wine bag you fill up with beer you fill up with liquor oh or something yeah like and it's always up top no matter which way you're going wow and, like roll up to the bar and like set onto this thing and it just they, they pour the little filter in in the top of the bubble the future is now man i'm damn you, this is that's like, that's what i'm talking about we're right gonna there. start working from home and we're gonna be going to shows and bubbles and i i just think it's gonna it's gonna bring us closer together um with the yeah you know separation obviously there too i i, I dig it man um i think bubble boy 
the movie has a lot to teach us as a society right now. I think that's where we have excuse to me. just dig deep these days. You're excused. Thank you. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So for yeah, so we obviously it's just two of us today. Um, and we wanted to do a podcast that was just the two of us. Um, we wanted to get, in a sense, back to basics. Let's be real. That we are real. We're real people. We both you know? exist. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we, we have some cool guests in the works, um, and so we're going to keep doing that. But um, Yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, kind of checking in every you know five or ten episodes and just kind of yeah. uh, doing our little comedy bass bang here thing. Comedy bass bang. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of keeping the, the vibe going and figuring out how we interact and then how we're going to interact with new people as well. I've been really enjoying yeah. um, you know, the, the, diff- the nature of each podcast kind of takes on whoever we – are, are talking to and that's yeah. sort of the idea it's a very bass player thing like they're not setting the tone but they're kind of laying the foundation um, yeah you know in a lot of ways and uh you know with tucker with the hats and brownie <laughs> you know Phrygian all day <laughs> Phrygian door trey minor dude it's, it's good stuff and then uh, ferrara it was uh, obviously awesome too and I'm, I'm excited to see how that continues with our our upcoming guests and uh and getting to know them better too i really feel like mm. we've talked about this um i think after a couple times i feel like we're going to connect more with bassists and just like be able to see someone out and be like, oh, hey, what's up? And just, you know, be more like a, a friend. Uh, I really, going back to Joe Rogan, I really um, look up to and admire the way that he's brought the comedy scene together and like they're all mm. kind of friends. And even though they're coming on his podcast, I feel like they now are more connected. I mean, obviously the comedy store helps a lot with that. Um, right. Reminds me of the 8 by 10 in Baltimore. Um, yeah. If anyone gets a chance, there's a petition going around uh, to write your congressman or something about share uh saving saving our stages or something like that yeah um, i've so seen that use that are just not going to be doing all right like we can do stuff like this we can play do streams and stuff but venues are kind of just still paying rent and oh man it's such independent music venues you just man no no matter what level musician you're at that you we owe so much to the independent venues eight by ten was our break into into baltimore yeah uh, i remember just coming driving down we'd have like it'd be a one-off every time we'd be driving down <laughs> I'd, I'd get up at six in the morning in boston drive to new york meet with the guys rush hour be uh two hours late for eight by ten sound check yeah. abigail super pissed at us and then she'd Gen- get over it generally when you were two hours late for a sound check it's like being an hour early so at that right at that area so i'm exaggerating two hours late is not bad we were like four hours late sometimes yeah yeah two hours east coast time yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah man it's um how how is the eight by ten doing are the is any word on the street to them. uh we uh schwa was discussing doing a stream there at some point yeah um, i remember I st- saying that we're still gonna try to do that good um but i don't know i haven't talked to abigail i should reach out to her um it's it really has i mean that's how we got our start with the residencies and this was going to be schwa's first one in april right and uh that kind of fell through and we'll see how things go as as they go forward but i kind of just hope that people stick around long enough and i have a feeling that more people are going to realize how awesome it is to go out after all this and there's going to be sort of renaissance and resurgence i think someone was saying that the actual renaissance happened after the after the plague after the plague after that last generation so yeah no it's a great point and i think that yeah sometimes you know like with anything in life you need to have a break from it or remove yourself from it to gain a fresh perspective who's this we have here oh it's the catastrophic oh that's the catastrophic yes astro astro um and i think one of the best things that could come out of this is just like a newly a rejuvenated sense of appreciation for independent music for 
all the people in, and everyone's guilty of it and i'm guilty of it of the oh, i'm paying 10 bucks to go and just hit up the band and get on the guest list it's like how many people now would pay would would have an issue with paying 10 bucks to go and see a bunch of their friends and see a yep. band play yep exactly yeah i i uh made a point to when i when i could start like actively affording it which it's also funny it's like hey could i get on the guest list and then you see him at the show just like spending 80 dollars on liquor it's like well, yeah i just yeah. spend just spend a little less and you know um and i was i'm sure guilty of that too but i remember when i first was able to start having the means it's like i'm gonna pay for it every time mm. and um you know it's still easier to be like eh, i don't know if i really want to go to that show but i remember even as far back as college jeremy be the one like getting everyone out like you gotta go to the show it's gonna be a great show and yeah all the way through after it's like this random show i've never heard of his band that's like gonna be huge i remember the first time we saw the heavy pets yeah uh, we just like randomly went to jam and java in uh virginia and it was a mind-blowing show just completely and it's one of those things if you don't go you're just like okay whatever i didn't miss anything i'm watching tv and right you go to the show a different you're like, one you're like fucking i'm so glad i didn't miss I this had, yeah yeah so. it's the easy decision is to sit at home man i think that you know, I hope that after all this, that's it. The hard decision is going to be sitting home and it's going to be like, man, right. I, I'm missing out on life if I don't go out. Right. That's something I think all of you guys, though, in Pigeons, like you guys are very adamant about going and like checking out your peers and supporting. And um, I remember like at Bonnaroo, we played when you guys played Bonnaroo in the tent like two summers ago and we were playing like the Wormtown stage out in the campground. Yep. And like late night, like it kept getting pushed back. The sound guy would like lock himself in a trailer. It was like a <laughs> nightmare scenario. Like hot as hell. I remember like I was out hanging out at Space Jesus' set and just like waiting on the text. Or like sound guy's still locked in the trailer. Like, all right. And uh, we ended up playing at like four in the morning or something. But Jeremy was out there just like hanging out in the back, just like on his own, chilling with a beer. Yep. And I was like, you came out, you've been here like it's like sunrise. He's like, yeah, man, I wasn't going to miss it. I'm like, damn, there wasn't even a time. And I know you have cooler places. You could be hanging out in the fucking Wormtown stage out here. Like, I don't know. Not when you guys are on it. You guys were holding it down. Yeah. I yeah. remember, I, th I think I played a, a short set on that stage. Uh, oh, yeah. With the schwa thing. Um, right. Just with me and a little okay. bit of piano. And that's when I had my older computer. And it literally was so hot, the computer just stopped working. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I couldn't, like, it was like, I was playing, it was just. Yeah. I just like, oh, okay, that's, thanks. That was yeah, it. that's Tennessee. And then I remember even like, um, uh, what was it, Adirondack Fest, like two summers ago when the Special and Pigeons played, and we were hanging out afterwards. Y'all ripped that set. Oh, thanks, man. That yeah, was we were fun. setting up over there and sound checking. Yeah, like, we were ping ponging. Yeah. Me, fuck me. Gotta <laughs> play now. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember was talking so about monstrous, and I was just like, fuck this. <laughs> it was great. It was a great one-two punch. Yeah. And then I remember hanging with you afterwards, and. And this was right. You guys had brought Goose on for a bunch of shows. And you're like, we got to go and catch Goose. Like, they're playing the late night Neptunes or whatever. And you're like, we got to do it. We, we got to go. Like, we were all just hanging out and chilling, having a drink. I was like, let's go right now. And you were like, we have to go. And we were like, all right, let's, and let's go. We made the trek over. I think we, we caught a little bit of it. We were getting distracted along the way. I think we caught about five minutes at the very end. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, hey, it's the thought that counts. We made it over there. Yeah. Um, That's where I met your brother. Yeah, right, right, right. We and that's a, we were we started getting deep on quantum physics, and that was probably when start, started to have the conversations about the podcast, laid the foundation there. Yeah, the um, so that back to back to podcasts. Uh, yeah. That the one I was listening to, uh, he talks a lot about quantum mechanics. And at the beginning of the more recent one I'm listening to, he has this really good. Uh, he does like a uh, what do you call it? Like an audio essay on something, and it was like ten or fifteen minutes of him talking about like bringing in. Uh, quantum mechanics and superposition and how um, the reason that 
the uncertainty principle is even like in effect, which I'm just mm. kind of glossing over a lot of things, mm. is because quantum mechanics is able to answer questions that it shouldn't really be answering. Like classical physics can't even touch these. And the reason that there's like, oh, it's this woo-woo, like probabilistic stuff. He's like, well, it's, it's actually because it's answering the wrong questions. Like it's, it's, it's able to try to do it. Mm. And then he pivoted perfectly into saying, you know, our, our current political discourse is the same way where you think it's these two different, you know, completely different uh, approaches, like uh, pro-choice or pro-life. It's like, well, everyone agrees that before fertilization, there's no life. And after birth, it is a life. And why are we just making this? It can either be that the coin is either heads up or head or heads or tails up. You know, there's only this or that. And everyone just black kind of, and white. What, and everyone kind of buys into that. And it's just it, the problem isn't one person's right, one person's wrong. The problem is that everyone in the middle is just like, yeah, I guess, you know, one of them are right. It's, it's right. It's not that either one is right. Is that people think that one of them is right? Right. I mean, and that's politi- That's politics down to it. <laughs> it's like the worst part about it. If you if you're not with, I know to, we're, we don't got to get into that shit. But <laughs> like, it's just that uh, even just I uh, hate with the uh, with everything that's going on with with quarantine and the pandemic, how it's being politicized, and it's like it's not politics. It's science. <laughs> like everyone's just trying to navigate science. Well, like, science is politicized. Yeah. Strangely, it's uh, this whole, it really is like the snake eating the tail kind of thing. It's like, here's how we're going to be right. And then you just make it so that everyone is even wronger in right. that regard too. Can but I ask you a question about physics? Yes, you can. And I get that this is a question that could either be <laughs> literally impossible to answer or Let's or get just, physical. Let's get physical with this. Okay. Well, I guess just basically what, if you had to just explain what the basic difference is between um, quantum physics and how did you describe before? Just like um, classical, classical physics. Well, classical physics um, is when when you when I think classical physics and uh, breaking news. I'm not a physicist, not a mathematician. I he is, guys. He is. Don't don't even <laughs> let him fool I'm you. I'm going to. I didn't finish school because I wanted to pursue this band thing and see how it worked out. And I knew if I did and had another opportunity, I might not put myself into it because that's not the person I am. The other three members of my band are responsible human beings, and they finished school and still were able to pursue their dream and make it happen. So that's just the way I work. But I do plan on eventually going back for math and physics and figuring some stuff out, whether or not it's sort of on my own and auditing classes or taking like a, an actual course. So yeah. I will know more about it. But um, the classical Newtonian physics, which Newtonian. Einstein updated, that's just like the ball. You know, a cannon shoots it up and it falls down. And that Gra- like gravity, just simple laws of basic yeah, exactly. gravity, the laws of motion and all that nonsense. Yeah. Um, and that works in every realm that we would ever pretty much experience until we started getting into um, speeds that are approaching space travel and, you know, like satellite movement um, and then looking at stars and how they you know, interact in the sky. Um, that's where Einstein's general relativity comes into play. He mm. came up with two forms of relativity, um, which can be delved into a lot further. But the basic idea is that uh, Newton was correct for the most part, but it was an approximation. And when you get into really high masses or great speeds, which when something is going accelerating to a fast enough speed, it actually gains mass. That's one thing innate in the uh, relativity. So he basically updated um, Newton's classical physics um, into a more... precise uh, version but then when you get into the very small the quantum realm which is like 
molecules and atoms. Yeah, I, like I've that. seen Ant-Man, and I've seen Ant-Man in the Wasp. So I know where so the quantum realm is. Exactly. So in the quantum realm, everything is in a um, sort of a haze of probability that until you actually look at where it is and, and measure, things can kind of – it's not like it could be here, it could be there. It's It literally is here and there. You know, an electron cloud around an atom, it's not – it's spinning so fast that it looks like a cloud. It's literally that electron is a haze until you bring another atom into it, and then it decides where it was or where it interacted. And uh, when you get into small enough uh, realms and large enough masses, um, they quantum mechanics and general relativity just don't work together. They're just kind of they're like two penises. So you're writing this down: two penises. Yeah. Just make sure, yeah. I've got it. Just I I'm I'm trying to just, just draw 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 it. Yeah. Draw it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. It, it just doesn't work. They they say completely opposite things. Um, right. So yeah, well, is because I mean I guess like basically for me for and maybe for most other people who are less familiar with the subject is just like you know classical physics versus quantum. I just quantum I think like sci-fi shit like space or just like super small microscopic stuff. But uh, so is it, it, it does kind of have to do with speed. Like once you get like, there's, you know, throwing a heavy object will drop sooner. But then when you get to things like the speed of light or like these intangible or unquantifiable things, is that when quantum physics, quantum physics more in the fold? Is, is the way we describe the very small. So okay. when, a, when a girl's like, yo bro, you got super quantum on me. It's not, you'd probably not a compliment. She's saying oh, so that great. That and that's what that's mm -hmm. usually what girls say to me. Yeah, I hear they they call you Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> so I always thought that was a I thought that was like a reference like Paul Rudd. Like, yo, you it, you Paul Rudd in this bitch. I'm, oh, thank yeah. you. Yep. It, like, yo, you going quant you going quantum. Well, and oh, that's the that's the nice. thing about quantum mechanics is is it you can exist in both realms. Like both can be true. Uh, have you heard of Schrodinger's cat? Um. Yeah, I, I've heard it. I, I'm not really sure what the hell it means. It's basically a way to bring up the small quantum state to a, a level where we can get a little more acquainted with it. Uh, the idea is that a cesium atom is in a, um, it'll decay either one way or the other, and it, whatever mechanism is causing, it's, it's around a pill of cyanide. So the, the cesium, if it decays or it doesn't, it'll either break the, um, the pill in cyanide mm -hmm. or it won't. And if you put it in a, an enclosed box that no one's looking at and there's a cat in there, you don't know which way the atom has gone because it's probabilistic. At its very core, nature is going to be a probability, and we experience one or the other when we observe it. So that's why the observer has a role, and that's where all the you know the woo-woo, like quantum, like your thoughts affect reality. It's like, well, kind of. It's more your the act of observing changes okay. things. The choice you make to observe or not affects whether a quantum state is going to collapse into one an actual, you know, one side or the other, or just remain in a superposition. And if you don't open the box to look in, technically the cat is in a superposition of being both alive and dead. So it's because you don't know whether or not the cesium atom has gone one way or the other, you don't know whether the poison has opened up and you don't know whether the cat has died. Wow. So so quant quantum physics then is getting more into that less it's physical side of nature, th like thing probability and, and kind of just things that are less physically tangible and understandable to like the human eye or the human touch it's or things like that. Essentially, on on uh, Richard Feynman, uh, famous physicist who worked on the Manhattan Project and uh, was an awesome jokester, uh, really funny dude. But he, in all seriousness, said, "If you think you understand quantum mechanics, you don't, because it is so non-intuitive." Hmm. But to me, the way it um, I interpret it is that at its very core, nature is 
essentially nothing built upon itself in a way that folds up into something that you can kind of see. Like most of this is hmm. empty space. If you just but by how atoms are, like the nucleus of an atom is like the size of like if the electron cloud is the atmosphere, then the nucleus would be the size of an ap apple. So like the entire Earth, most of the mass is in an apple type situation. So most of, of an atom is empty space. But because of electromagnetism, or what we call that, you can't put your, you experience solidity. Um, That's also tied into like theory of relativity kind of concepts, it's, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're tied in. And the very interesting part is that they're so mind-bogglingly accurate at predicting in their own realms. But when you put them together, they're obviously both incorrect because they, they don't come up with a conceivable answer, which is why we know a lot of what's happening in the universe, but we don't know what happens inside of a black hole or at the beginning of the universe, the Big Bang, as we think about. I'm actually listening to an audiobook I was listening to on my drive back from Amarillo. Shout out hey, to nice. Um, it's called The 4% Universe, talking about um, dark energy and dark matter, which um, you've heard that term before. Uh, only on Star Trek. <laughs> Uh, with the uh, with the reboot with the dark with the the red matter and the dark matter, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, it, the idea is that there is something, some energy or some force in our universe that's causing it to expand faster and faster. So you think if right. it's an explosion, and then it'll just kind of collapse in on itself. Right. Or it'll explode and then just kind of stop eventually. What's happening? We figured out by looking at supernovae. Um, these guys in the '90s is when they figured out that the universe is actually inflationary and it is growing at an ever faster rate. Mm. which means there must be some energy pushing it out faster. Um, I personally think there are elements that we don't quite, we're sort of not asking the right questions. Like why is the universe expanding in an inflationary way? It's like, well, what is it expanding into kind of thing? Like, well, so, and because I, I'm familiar with the concept that the universe is constantly expanding, but if the universe is just this inconceivably vast concept then I just don't really, you know, how, yeah, how is it expanding? I mean, and well, I guess that, not, that's your question. What is it expanding into? Right, or, and that's not really the best way of putting it because it's not expanding into anything, but sort of the way I look at it and me being the world-renowned future physicist that I am. Hell yeah. I remember Nassim Harriman uh, had a theory that Jamie Janover at Workout 2012, he's a... <laughs> I know Jamie Janover. You know, yeah, so he was, he was playing he, with everyone orchestra and I had this like... Right unbelievable experience seeing the works for the first time and then seeing everyone orchestra and like i want to do that and then he gave this talk about nasim harriman's um you know theory that's the unified field theory yeah exactly so he figured it out which whenever whenever someone's like i totally figured it out it's like well probably not like, a lot of people at festivals think they they figured out the unified brother we're all in this field together this is a unified unified field right here brother it'd it, be exactly right exactly right <laughs> But his uh, concept that kind of um, resonated with me was the idea that the energy could come from, so if you have like a ball at the top of a hill and it starts rolling down the hill, if you're in the ball and you feel it rolling, you might be wondering, you know, where's this energy that's pushing us outward or like that's, you know, you're in a gravitron and you're sticking to the walls. Like if you're in the gravitron, you don't know it's spinning. Why are you sticking to the walls? Why is this force pushing you down? Well, if you look at the entire universe, maybe on top of some metaphorical hill, that's rolling down towards a bottom, that could be the energy that's being released. That could be the dark energy. So hmm. I think it, it gets into some it's of like, that. But, it's the know. alien in Men in Black, the aliens rolling the marbles. Exactly. It's, it's, all, it's all the aliens' fault. Um, okay, I have a question. As somebody that's, that's into physics, 
Are you a fan of um, Chris Nolan's Interstellar? Uh, I'm trying to remember which one that was because there was two. That, that's McConaughey in space. That's black holes. That's where they're yeah, trying yeah, to okay, okay. find a new human colony. But there's the black hole planet, and there, or there's the tidal wave planet because it's close proximity to the black hole and the gravity's and like, like the time dilation was, concept. I like that it was a popular movie. I like that it got into <laughs> yeah. that to, into that type of area. And, yeah. Um, I didn't. I got what they were going with at the end, and I, I it was a. It was a well done um, plot uh, point, you know. Like it, 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 mm-hmm. it worked with with the what I know about the theories in a way that made it interest an interesting story. Um, yeah, I wasn't super sold on the entire concept, and it just it felt a little corny to me. Mm-hmm. I guess why? Um, just because Anne Hathaway couldn't quantify love? Yeah. Well, no. That in. Um, <laughs> In contact, you can't quantify it, Anne. It's in love. Contact. I mean, uh, who, who's the chicken contact? Oh, I I can't remember. I haven't seen Contact in so long. It's a good movie, and that it one, really it really is. I would like to see it again. I do. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, to be honest. And she quantifies love, and it happens in no time at all because she does this whole experience while the ball's dropping. It's supposed to transport her into another dimension where the aliens through her dad were speaking to her. So they're like, build this thing. Oh, jo- Jodie Foster. Jody Foster. We're talking. Uh, man, I, I almost mix it up with species for a second there. No. Yeah, Contact. There's is a whole lot of stars. That no, that's somebody else. Yeah, that's Contact is. Uh, yeah, Jodie Foster. There's a whole lot of stars out there. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, okay, so that that's fair. I mean, that's a lot of people. Ha- like you know, he he Christopher Nolan worked with like a physicist and came up with all these. Things. And of course, it's not like scientifically accurate. Well, it, I don't think it was not accurate, but I um. The, the problem right now is we don't know enough about how things actually are to say if something's accurate or not. You know, you hear about string theory, people call it a philosophy because it's there's no predictions that can be made with it. So it's essentially it's this great, beautiful mathematical structure that could describe reality, but there's no way to connect it with reality. So people are like, well, it's it's not really saying anything other than that it's this cool internally consistent mathematical theorem that could describe a universe. Right, so, it's a the- but it's all theoretical, right? I mean, that isn't that the whole like. I mean, I guess that's not like the point of quantum physics, but when we're talking about these things, it's well, all a, unproven theories, right? I don't, I don't want to get too in the weeds, even though I do. I'm very passionate about this type of stuff. Um, we get heady AF on AF. on on this pod. This is a yeah. Saturday evening podcast. This, this is, is we get heady. I didn't even get high yet. Uh, really Man. impressive. I know. I know. Yeah, this would be confusing if you were. It, in in another in, I'm in a superposition of states where I'm in you know I'm in a superposition um, superposition superposition yeah so that's where two states are the way that um, Weinstein talked about it was it's like having uh, 75 cents of euros in your pocket and 25 cents of of American currency of, mm-hmm. you know, a quarter and every time you reach into your pocket someone's like do you have euros or dollars in your pocket and you're like well I kind of have both. But it, the superposition would be each time you reach in, there's a, if you reach in four times, one time you're going to pull out only American dollars, and then three times you're going to pull out only um, euros. So it's, it's, that's what he's saying where you can't really predict certain things accurately. Cause well, that's just a probability right, equation, the right? probability is when you actually look in there, it's not that you're going to find 75 cents of one and 25 cents of the other. It's that three out of four times you're going to find all of one and one at a time you'll find the other all of the other one so it's okay it's not really um 
it doesn't really line up with reality that well. Um, right. But the quantum mechanics is crazy because it actually was completely it's one of the most proven theories of science. Um, there was this theory um, by John Bell that was based off of the Einstein Poldowski Rosen um, thought experiments of 1932 or 35, where it basically introduced entanglement, um, which is two particles that are entangled in such a way that if they're on opposite sides of the universe or right next to each other, when you observe one, it instantly collapses the state of another. So that if you were flipping a coin, in Boston, where you are right now, and you caught it, and it's Connecticut. Heads. I'm in Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay, so exactly. different coins. Exactly. So different coin. So uh, two sides of the same coin. So if you <laughs> if you catch it in in Connecticut, and I'm here in Baltimore, and it yours is heads, mine would automatically be tails. But when it's spinning in the air, it could be either one. Okay. Um, and using that concept, which Einstein called spooky action at a distance. Um, spooky action at a distance. Yeah, that should be our album. Dude, fire. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? <laughs> Yo, that's Back to Basic Presents. <laughs> yeah, we're both writing that one down. Yep. Why is it spooky? Because it's weird that if you're in Connecticut, for example, just picking a random state out of, out of the hat. I'm uh, actually there. It, and Wow, what are, what are the odds? What are the probability? And you were to catch a coin, and it was heads, and mine instantly was tails. Why is... Like, it's almost like the same particle, just like the opposite side of it. And it's just, it's weird that something would be able to, it happens instantaneously. It's not something that would happen over the, you know, speed of light. If I was here and you were on Alpha Centauri, it would still happen instantaneously. But aren't we, so, but we're talking about two different coins, right? I have a coin, you have a coin, we're both flipping them simultaneously? Sort of, sort of. That's sort of what we don't understand about entanglement. It's kind of the same coin. Okay. Are you, uh, is this like some alternate dimensional kind of shit now we're getting into or what? No, because it, that's, this is actual real. This is our dimension. We're in the same dimension. We're in the same dimension. We're just in a different different area. You're in, where are you, Connecticut or something? Connecticut. Connecticut. Cool. I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> but so in 1968, John Bell came up with a theory uh, saying, well, if you, made, if you actually perform this experiment, here's an experimental apparatus, and if this, this number is above this, then Einstein was right. If this number is below this in your experiment, then Einstein was wrong. A few years later, two independent labs looking at the same theory in 1972, both were like, oh, cool, let's see if we can do this. And independently, without knowing each other were doing it, performed this experiment and got the same result, proving quantum mechanics right and Einstein wrong. And since then, they've done the experiment several more times, um, a, a bunch more, and it's been proven to hundreds of standard deviations, I believe. So mm -hmm. if something is a few standard deviations in one direction, that's 90% you know like 95% confidence interval this has been done to 99.99999% we're pretty sure as as pretty much as sure as we can be with any physical theory that um quantum mechanics is right so it's not wah wah wooey it just we can't explain it it doesn't mm. work within our in intuition but neither did a lot of things before we understood them better and i think there's just a missing I'm just I'm confused as to how it's not just a probability that it's not just a mathematical equation that says it's 50 50 that my coin will be heads or tails and it's 50 50 that your coin will be heads or tails. Well, that's how it is. If you if I'm flipping and you're flipping, it is. But it's a 100 percent chance that if yours says heads, mine's going to instantly say tails. But we, so why is that, though? Uh, so we don't really know. But one way to entangle particles. OK, you have a, 
photons come out when an electron this is going great by the way everyone is still <laughs> tuned so in here I, I'm can you imagine if this was a class right now it would literally just be like everyone just like uh well and i, I mean there might be some people do just like with dab rig out just like yeah, people are like what do you listen to quantum shout mechanics out, shout out to tony ben ben carey is explaining quantum mechanics right now well <laughs> and it's, it's so frustrating because i i feel like i have a better grasp on it whenever i hear joe rogan talking about it with people and I'll hear him say some concept, and I'll be like, well, not quite that, if you actually think about it this way. Mm -hmm. But now when I'm sitting here talking to you and, you know, whatever else is going on, I'm just, like, not as on the ball with it. Um, I mean, no, but, well, but you, we're, we're talking about something that where it's it's pretty, like, you know, esoteric and kind of, like, it's not, like, a, a thing where I know a lot about this, I can explain it. The fact that you, that uncertainty and that, that questions just lead to more questions, isn't that kind of the nature of what we're talking about it anyway it sure is and uh, and that's what you know that's why i'm enjoying this uh kind of one-on-one -on -one with you because when we are talking with another basis we can get into the weeds with space stuff and life stuff but with yeah. you and me we can kind of keep this process going and delve into it and i assure you even though we probably won't talk about it next time we do this one-on-one -on -one, i'm going to have a much greater understanding because i am annoyed with how i'm just not able to and that, that's how i've learned over time too i'll have the same concept you know four or five times and the fifth time I'm, i've learned how to explain it to someone else and that's when mm -hmm. i start to really understand it and that does get back into you know more uh, approachable um topics and ideas is that you can start to understand something but until you can like teach it and that's what i'm learning with getting back to basics starting to teach base you're you know, just get you're just you're learning everything you're teaching and you're exactly. becoming and a better how to explain yeah. explain it better to someone else i can explain it better to myself totally that's the isn't that wild that you're like and when you start to explain something you explaining things just makes you ask more questions and you exactly. go hmm, well why do i do that and then yeah. you're exploring yeah totally yeah getting into but that. no i mean to be out to get you know to get away from basics again is i mean we, we we've talked about how like Turn when we back to basics <laughs> I, I we we talked to when we first when we first came up with the idea for back to basics. Did you remember that like the base concept was to have on basis and not ever and talk not about base? Kind of, yeah, that I really pushed hard for that, and I am both <laughs> proud of you and happy that we didn't we didn't do it. But I'm also kind of disappointed because it could have just because as soon as we start talking about base, it's like whoa 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 whoa, <laughs> that's not this podcast. Right, uh, but it's great it's, if we're but... like holding we're holding bases the whole time, and we have talked very little about base. The only base we yeah. really did was your beautiful song, that which we, might not have been recorded. We'll find it was out. Completely not recorded, and it was the greatest uh, performance of any art form. Thank on you. Any instrument. I mean, it was. It was oh like well, you Harry said Potter's it, not wand. me. Yeah. Oh wow, but we, you know, we, I, I always the the quantum mechanics thing is super interesting to me. I love that that you're passionate about that, and it's something I don't know shit about. So I, it's interesting for me. I'm sure that yeah, there, I, I'm sure it will be interesting to other people. Yeah, too. and I, I guess that's sort of the idea is what you know, we could try to appeal to others, and that's we we sort of do that with our music too. We can try to appeal to what other people would want and other sensibilities, but I think we have the most, especially these days, what people really. Uh, latch on to is authenticity and like mm. if they see our passion they might not understand what the fuck i'm talking about i don't understand what i'm talking about i'm trying to explain it better but just the fact that we're trying to explore it and someone can yeah. you know what i really like about podcasting in general is it, it, it feels like a way to especially when you're on the listening end of it i've never done this part of Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> excuse you <laughs> that's my moog siren um, oh, oh that's the siren yeah yeah dude that that's all set up um, we're, we're doing, I'll, I'll be doing some, uh, run through of my little studio and I'll, I'll show, I have it under the glass table at, it's, it's fucking cool. I'll show you. Share it, share it on the back to basics page. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, 
but uh yeah but it's the it's yeah the intangible it's, it's fun I, and that's the whole thing with this podcast right like we were we were texting last night we were going off on bass and life life and bass whatever it's you know i i love the concept of using bass and, and music as a foundation to talk about other other topics and, and just like what i've i've done in my life too like i i yeah I, i'm now more passionate about playing bass and being involved in it um and when i started there's certain things like i was really honored with what john said about you know my my feel and my groove and mm. when i was getting down on myself recently i got back home from this whole trip and i started like trying to play again and get ready for home fest coming up yeah and i just like man i fucking suck and then i started playing other things and like doing what i do well i'm like okay i do certain things well and i have I, i'm tapped in in a certain way um but i've used the bass as a way to kind of guide my life forward in a certain way you know it's my career now and it's yeah. you know what i'm doing but yeah. even if not, even if I was just kind of more casual with it, I feel like it would still be such a grounding force in my life and sort of like a like a centerpiece. Um, yeah. And I always kind of expect that. And what I was kind of saying about the um, listening to podcasts, you just sort of feel like you're part of a group. And, you know, even though you're not able to interact and like say it when I was younger and even up to this day, I, d I didn't really have my people. You know, like I didn't have like a core group of friends that mm. sort of in college, a little bit in high school, but I was always kind of an outsider. Um mm. And being able to listen to those podcasts and just sort of like chime in, I just felt like, like I you feel like to, you're hanging out with them. Yeah, I feel like you know. So that's what I'm sort of hoping to to do with the, especially with these podcasts too. Like I think everyone's going to enjoy hearing us interview other people. I enjoy them a lot. Yeah. Um, but then totally, having these too. kind of check-ins are, are letting people sort of into our world and, and be part of this experience. And I want to, as we go forward, like you're saying with the live podcasting and getting people involved, I want to have people you know, ask questions or like say what yeah. we should like talk about or like, Hey bros, like talk about the Phrygian scale or whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to do that. And that's the thing right now with these live Q and A's and that interaction is, is so cool and interesting, especially with music, but it's, it's there. This podcast is always going to have that casual nature to it. Um, I mean, that's just kind of how we are as people. We're both pretty casual and like to just talk about whatever pub talk as it were. Yeah. Um, and and it's like the podcast that I enjoy listening to are the the more casual ones. Not I I don't it, like it's a podcast isn't a lecture. It's I don't need somebody right. explaining bullet points to me. It's a the, conversation. It's a conversation, man. And it's like the more you know, like we on dead last podcast, we'll always just like cite a wrong fact. We'll be like, is that accurate? And be like, I yeah, we just said it. So it's yep, it, yep. you know. Well, it's funny they uh, I forget who said it or where I heard it, but apparently you can cite Joe Rogan's podcast as part of a bibliography now. Wow. So looked into it, it's like 99.4% accuracy. Cause like on Wikipedia, there's like Joe Rogan footnotes. Like if you're writing a paper, you can, if they say a fact, I, I don't know if this is fucking true. So kids, if you're out there writing papers, definitely do this. You won't fail. Um, <laughs> there we go. Now we're, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're talking. Um, but yeah, apparently they, because they look into it. But yeah, it's just the idea of, of you know, like even going into this, the reason I wanted to start this with you is I thought it'd be fun and like a cool way to interact. And, you know, even leading up to this, this one, I was just like, all right, well, got to make sure I'm prepared and like got questions. And like, I don't want to just like go in there and, and have it be, but that is kind of what I want. Like I do want to just right. kind of go, you know, it's like I didn't smoke weed before. I didn't, I'm not like right. drinking or anything, but I want to do, yeah. I think our next one, we should, you know, have like a beer or something. And yeah. Oh, well I, I've been, um, yeah, I've been, I just smoked a blunt and drank a fifth of Jameson, so I think we're just on different levels. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're um, you're extremely cogent. <laughs> I'm not. I I'm not. I I do have it's a seltzer. Air. 
<laughs> I have a seltzer here, and I, I want to uh, bring up a remark you made last night. <laughs> I sent you a picture, and you saw my seltzer. And what, what did you say? You said, um, you said, oh, that there. I see your. I'm a touring musician, so I'm drinking a seltzer. Seltzer. seltzer yes. <laughs> so what's that about, man? What you got against seltzer? I got nothing against seltzer except no okay. one. Well, I get. I, I guess it was when we started touring with Dopapod, and they got it on their rider every time and then okay. we all of a sudden just started drinking like it lacroix mm. came out of nowhere there was mm-hmm. nothing and then lacroix just ev- everywhere yeah and it just i saw like, it in colorado the first time i was like the fuck is this and it's just like that's what that's what you do you just get it you know we i don't i don't understand it at all and when i was younger i hated seltzers but obviously when you're drinking tequila like that makes yeah. sense i get yeah. it but then it just kind of crept into life and we just have them all we got off the end of the road you know and just be be drinking them all the time, and then seeing you have one, it's just like okay, I see you. I so see you. so you so you it, seltzers were introduced to you on tour, so it's become a, a tour feels, thing for you. It feels very much like I never drink it at home. Really, I have, I have like two in my fridge from a tour from like a year and a half ago that I haven't touched. Really? Yeah. I, I just I, I was texting. I went out. I was at the grocery store before. I got a box of polar raspberry lime I seltzer. I don't understand it. What? Wa- what's wrong with water? Oh, I have a water too. I love, you know, yo. You have both? Yeah, man. Why don't you just get sparkling, like the fizzy, and then just put it in your water? You know that powder stuff? Yeah. Okay, okay. now that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, look, look, I think that why I got introduced to seltzer and why a lot of people that I know um, like it is it's a great alternative to soda. Like, I don't really drink soda anymore. I did as a kid. I, I was obsessed with vanilla Coke when I was a kid. Vanilla Coke is so good. <laughs> I'll, I'm not going to – It's vanilla Coke. Shout out, but I will still – if I'm on the road, if it's been like – if it's a late-night gas station stop, you know what I mean, and I'm just like faded in the gas station, just lit up, like not thinking about the, like shit, not being like, okay, that's – I probably don't want to get that. It's vanilla Coke. I'm going to vanilla Coke. Let me ask you this. Rice. If you want to cool it down, do you put vanilla ice in there? Have you ever had a vanilla Coke float? No. Yeah. Yeah. Try that. Yeah. Just throw some fucking ice cream in there. Yeah. All right. But All right. um, I've eight, actually but... been doing doing well with not eating ice cream. I am down to one eighty nine as of today. Hey, nice. Oh, fire, man. Working on. I popped way back up there after my uh my my fucking Amarillo back to Baltimore. Yeah. Eating, eating. It was like being on tour. Oh, well, you uh, were just you. How long was that drive? The drive we did it in three days or. Something wow. Like that. But it was so weird. It was like being on tour again. Yeah. We were driving ourselves. And I'm driving a big vehicle and like yeah. know, waking up and going. But we didn't have the payoff of stopping at a venue. I mean, granted, setting up's not great all the right. time and then staying till three and then getting to a hotel and then having to wake up at seven or eight or nine or ten or whatever. Yeah, moving yep. isn't great, but being able to, you're moving from place to place and then you get to play a show for fans and have a good time and hang out with them. It was all of the traveling of touring without the actual music playing music part and that oh, yeah <laughs> right it gave me a but you're also with your you know with your fiance you're not yeah, it, with it all was, the boys and the, the bunks and everything yeah, yeah. It, it it was it was very enjoyable and I had a good time but it it kind of recentered me into what this whole thing has been doing is like one how obviously fucking lucky we are to be doing this and as hard as it gets when it's your everyday thing it's the same thing as like people are going to be home so often that when they've been home this this whole time so when you can go out again people are going to fucking yeah. love going out and i think enjoy it and appreciate it even more um i'm just really appreciating obviously being home and being able to have my space and my time but i'm ready to get back out there and, and start yeah start doing what we do again 
So it gave you that that thirst for the road a little bit yeah, when you were out yeah. there. And when I'm thirsty, I drink a seltzer. I mean, seltzer is just refreshing as fuck, man. That's why I, there's just something about that carbonation, that fizzy, that like I don't know, man. I did does it for me. I get that stuff for everybody. And you know, there's you know what's wild is that like depending your where you're based geographically in the country, there's different seltzer that people drink. Yep. Um, like New York City, they fuck with Spindrift. Have you ever tried Spindrift? No. It sucks. I hate Spindrift, dude. Why does it? How is it any different? It's different. It is. It's just like there's some. I got my my buddy Max Devlin, who's a badass bassist. I was at his place last summer, about a year ago. I think we were just texting about it. He's my homie that introduced me to Joe Cruz, MBJ Guitars, and um, Carl Thompson. And he's just like, he's like, you want a seltzer? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, here you go, Spindrift. I'm like, why do you have Spindrift? And it, it, it's something. I don't know. It's more. It's thick. It almost feels like there's. It's mucusy or something. It, there was one festival we played, and that was the hospitality. I couldn't deal with it. I'm a polar sp- seltzer guy all the way. Polar. I'm pretty sure it's it's in. I, it's either Connecticut or Mass. That you know. It's just pure. It's good shit. It's so refreshing to me. I like water. It's this Sweet thing. water. It's uh, it's two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, and it is refreshing. <laughs> and it, I drink a lot of it. And yeah, I- and zero po- zero part bubble, and that's my issue with it. You know, when you, got, when you got the kind of a set. When you have let me. When you have the kind of pizzazz that I work with on a daily basis, <laughs> regular water is just fine. <laughs> you got enough. You got enough. Okay. Yeah, that's, it's good to go. Um, all right, I, I, I do want to ask a question though about um, about Home Fest. Um, I was just texting with your boy Big Greg before tonight, actually. Okay. Um, he had hit me up about um, t- putting together. He's hitting up some Dome Fest <laughs> alum to put together little vi- videos to send them about. Uh, uh, past Dome Fest experiences and stuff like that, and I was like, "Cool, yeah, I can do that for you tonight." I'm gonna, I'm about to be on a podcast with your boy, and so uh, he said, "What up to?" He said, "Say what up to Barnabas for me." Uh, Barnaby Carvin, that's <laughs> one of my one of my minds. Barnaby Carvin, Ken Barry, Kenneth Barrington, Bean Kenneth. Curry. It started with Bean Curry. He's Greg sure. is a he, he 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 is the seltzer in my life, truly, truly. truly. Is, is he the, is he the is he the nickname master? Is, is he the guy who's given everybody in the crew their nicknames? He it it kind of happens naturally, but I think he's the one who who grabs it out of the air and puts it out of his mouth. You know, it's yeah. there, like the nickname's right. there, and it, he's just one of the people that. And we we're just sitting in practice years before, you know, five years ago, six years ago. Yeah. And he's like, "Yo, yo, yo, Ben, yo, Bean Curry," because Ben Curry is just like Bean Curry, and he asked works him really well, and it just it just slid yeah. right in there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so he's a Barnabas. Yeah. Good old G. Shout out, yeah. to, shout out to G, G Money. Greg's a man, you know. He, he he's, he's like I'm saying, busy man. You know me. I, I'm working on Home Fest. I'm working, you know, as as he does. So um, so I'm just curious as to some of the process that's going into that, and for and just let people, anybody that doesn't know what uh, what it is, and the Pigeons Boys are doing. You guys are doing the the virtual festival, and I'm, it is a virtual I'm flock party. Virtual flock party. Yeah. Virtual flock party it is. Uh, we've had ten years of Dome Fest. Jeremy started when we were in college uh, with his friend Ben Kerwin, and Greg has since filled into that co-runner uh, role, um, and they put together this incredible experience. It's, it's, uh, the theory is about fields that are unified, a unified field theory, I think. Um, I think there's a podcast you can refer to if you have any questions. Yeah, yeah, I can, uh, it's, it's bibliographized. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this would be, be a more intimate, um, for anyone who saw the live from out there experience, that was us just, you know, we came back straight from tour and went straight into a place where we had lights set up and it was like a big stage and a big venue feel, but then just recorded and then put out to people. So 
it was cool to have that and to, to, to give that experience, but we wanted to kind of give a different look as well. So this will be a little more, you know, home fest. Like, I'm, I might be doing a piano set. I'm going to probably do it in my robe outside on the deck and just – Hell, yeah, you should you do know, it in a robe. Like, yeah, you're just, like, at home, just kind of hanging out and, and just vibing out. And it's what we were talking about with the podcast, too. Yeah, we just casual want, nature. Yeah, one thing that's so um, – that I look up to about our fan base and like it, it inspires me is how much of a, a tribal familial feel it is. And you know, any good experience should be that way. Yeah. But it's so inclusive. That and sense of community. That's what it's, it's about. A, it's an open door ty type of thing. It's like, come on in and you know, hang out with us and just be right. part of this. So and are you guys going to be doing stuff be physically doing. together or are you, are you all separately streaming? You will be doing stuff together. Yeah. Cool. Are, I'm in the midst of a uh, quarantine period where I'm not going near anyone mm -hmm. so that I can, uh, you know, be safe, and then we'll still wear masks and be physically distant. Okay. And uh, the space we're doing it in will be wiped down and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we just we want to get back together and, and play again and, and bring that to people. Um, yeah, absolutely. On the same weekend as Dome Fest because of we the uncertainty and what was going on, but we're doing it yeah. as soon as we think it's it's safe and we're able to. Um, and we have a lot of cool different things we're doing uh, for it. Um, recording like little videos, and we might you know show our pets or something like that and okay. we're, give we're us a sneak peek come on give us give the back to basics crowd that sneak pigeons home fest preview you know they want it so uh if you recall me mentioning me filming my studio setup yeah you might get a chance to see all of the pigeon studio setups oh in, cool uh, in a small video that uh, greg is going to put together because he's fucking his work ethic is out of control he and jeremy both they just will be playing shows and at set breaks they'll be working on dome fest and like, oh, I, I've seen them. They, they come out of the trailer and they're just on their la after the set. Um, I'm like, oh, what's up, boys? Like, what's going on? They're like, uh, emails. And they'll be doing it on tour five months before Dome Fest. They're still doing it. Like, right. every day is, is putting Yeah, the boys work, work hard. They have a great work ethic. It's such a passionate thing. And I've seen in Jeremy's eyes and, like, I finally was understanding why it's worth it. It's you put your life and your blood and sweat and tears to bring enjoyment to people and have people come in and just share this incredible moment. And it's about everyone having fun. Yeah. That's the joy that it brings to Jeremy and Greg and to all of us, yeah. you know, for being part of it. So we're trying to to tap into that a little bit and uh and Cool. People, I dig that. You know, something something like that. I like that. I like the concept of going about it from really giving you that sense of community and that that what Dome Fest really has that close close knit family. You know, you guys are all chilling going around the golf carts, chilling with your fans. There's no like the VIP shit. Everyone, the artists and the fans and the patrons, everyone's kinda, just there the, having fun together. The way I look at it is the way I look at you know, like people that you know, friend. I, I consider friends like some of my best friends. I have so many that I just haven't met yet and don't know they're my friend. There's, yeah, yeah. You know, I might be talking to you right now, and in five years we're gonna be hanging out every day. Right, but there's so many cool, awesome people in the world, and there's so many good bands and so many good fans. Yeah, that it's just a gathering point for it to come together and like just come find your favorite, your your next favorite band besides us and the special, obviously. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but that's 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 the the uh, that's the thing right now that people need and that they're getting from this virtual experience, like just do hanging out in chats. We the special did the Cheen stream on Thursday, and our yeah, concept for that. I meant to check that out. It, it was um it went really well. It was really fun. Um, it was casual. We wanted it to be less of like a show, not a special. We weren't like going guns blazing, playing like hard and shit. We wanted it to be a glimpse into our music studio where we rehearse yep. and we write. And yep. uh, this is what it's like hey, when we're hanging out playing. It's a goofy time. Like Rory goes into the stupid rock beat. Johnny's on yeah. the piano. It's and that's it's not the same that, as a show. That the, that the fans don't get to really experience it. And it for right. us too, and I'm sure for you guys, like 
when we were first starting out, we could kind of bring that element in a little more into shows. Mm -hmm. But as you start, you know, uh, performing for the whole crowd, the whole room, and there's not 10 people there anymore, right. you start creating a product and to put right. out. And that's cool to, to develop and to hone. And there's this own exciting aspect of that. And it, it's it's an incredible feeling to be doing that. But to yeah. be able to strip it back and, uh, you know, show people, again, like that, the bean curry moments. Like, and there's right. like where you're just kind of hanging out and just doing your thing. And it'll feel like that because it's just going to be us and some cameras and Manny will be hanging out, flipping light switches on and off and shit. <laughs> Man, Manny's just going to have like a lamp string that he's just going on and off. That was not the right motion for that. <laughs> That's how he does it, actually. I've seen him. <laughs> I get to, I, I get I've seen Manny work. Stage. I get to stand on stage and see Manny work every day. <laughs> right, um, right. But yeah, it's just a, just a different feel and different look. And just, you know, cool. we're, all, we're all trying to um, do what we can to to entertain ourselves and that's how we've yeah. done it all, all whole careers it's all about like we were talking about it's not about what we think other people are going to want you know even as we're developing our product it's not necessarily you know we look at what works and what doesn't but it's more yeah. what would work for us and working around that so it's the same same kind of idea like what would we want to see how would we want to connect with you know our favorite band or right know, third favorite band whatever we are yeah i and uh, yeah I, I think that what there's no substitute for live music, right? And everyone's learning that and everyone knows that. So it's like, you don't, you have to switch gears from these live streams and it's not, don't try and make it a substitute for live music because there isn't going to be one. So, so what do you know, it's making people explore different avenues and it's, and it's pulling back the curtain a little bit. And I think it's enjoyable for the musicians as well as the fans. Companies never thought people would be able to really work from home and have it work out. Right. And I knew you could, I, the same thing. Like I know there are ways to connect with fans and connect with people, if not, always touring across the country i think that's always going to be an integral part of what we're doing but i've envisioned being able to you know wake up at my house go to my vr room sound check at like 3 p.m make sure <laughs> everything's good to go and come back after dinner play a you know three hour set and then go sleep in my bed that night and right. to take my kids to school the next morning like yeah that is you know the way things are going it's, it's that's awesome. a very mature 2020 adult goal i am uh, happy to be home right now yeah yeah well you guys fucking tore relentlessly i mean it's like and i was even just saying with greg before man you know talking about he just had a little girl and it's like man what a perfect time to be yeah. off the road yeah, i have a feeling that uh goldie before she came down into our earthly realms just like COVID. yeah like brilliantly executed yeah yeah that's if incredible any, if anyone has the uh the imagination and foresight to uh to think of that it would be greg and becca's child <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome. So, should we get back to basics a little bit here? I'm I'm kind of curious what you've been cooking up on the base these days, bud. Yeah, well, just just the other day, I just started. I haven't even really dissected. It. I was gonna talk with my teacher about it, but I was just messing around. Finally, sat down again and got my studio set up. Um, when I got back, I had to clean my apartment and like get everything yeah. set up for like uh, um, uh, friends' parents or Cece's parents came over because we yeah. were quarantined with them. So we finally got to show them our apartment before we moved out, which mm -hmm. we were saying, sorry, it's, we're not going to be able to do that because we can't be close. Yeah. Because we had been in the same um, place for so long. It's just like we're already in the circle. So I yeah. cleaned up, moved my studio out of the way so I'd have a dining room table. This is occurring on half my dining room table right now. The, is it, This is in your new place, though? Not in the new place yet. New place okay. is July 1st. Okay, cool. Um, so I finally got it set up, and I was just messing around, and I don't know where I'm going with it yet. I don't know what it is or what's going yeah. on with it, but this is what I got so far. Yeah.
nice, man. Some beautiful chords. The tone is really crisp, man. You're obviously going into an interface there, right? Going straight in, and um, I had my bass, I guess, plugged in too much, and this is an active-passive switch here. So my active is that is that an Ibanez or a you 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 rock the Schecter? Uh, this is an Ibanez. I, my uh, okay. Is a Schecter, my four-string. Uh, right. I love that. I want to eventually be able to switch around between. I know you have multiple basses, and I would like to, you know, certain like the liquid fast slappy song. Right. <laughs> It just works better. I only use the top four strings. It's lighter. I can run that sound. That sounds like the Ben Carey tone, though, right there. Um, and actually, another song I've been working on for years. Uh, and yeah. I finally got the second part. We were on, I think it was the first or second week of our recent tour. And I was finally, like, sitting in a green room. After buying the coolest shoes I've ever bought, I, like, woke up and just was flowing and had this great breakfast. Gave my other half a burrito to this guy who was just playing guitar. He was like, nice. I was like, yeah, take this. this Fuck yeah. And um, I was just sitting down in the green room, just like, in Southern California, it wasn't Solana Beach, it was, I can't remember the name, San, San Luis Obispo. Boom, there mm. it is. And I came up with the second part of it, and I'm getting one of the chords I'm showing Jeremy. I was like, oh, why don't you try this instead? And I fucking love it. And so, nice. Uh, the first part, um, again, I've had it for years. I think I was canvassing on the streets of DC when it just popped into my head, and I went <laughs> home and, like, tried it out. And it's just this. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it's the descending thing, but it's like you've got the chord on top. It's cool. Is that a pigeon song yet, or is that just a new? It's a just a Ben Carey idea for now. It's definitely. This is one of my like my a lot of my ideas are more melancholic, like Chili Peppery vibe. Yeah, like very I, big flea vibes. Big flea vibes. Yeah, like it's the slower stuff. This is one that I think can actually translate to uh, pigeons. Um, I could already see Greg scatting over that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another one we were working on. Um, that we played played somewhat regularly on soundtracks that it just doesn't it's kind of this weird time that i'm trying to figure out but I, I like doing weirder stuff that's still approachable um but i'm trying to, to work work through those more uh, but yeah when i those tenths dude i love the was, sound of those tenths yeah it was originally uh, c, uh to back to c major instead of c uh c sharp is what jeremy suggested so it was Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like that, that those are the types of things. And when I do the Ben plays piano set, it's those everything's normal until this one tiny little part that's a little different, different yeah. enough to weird you out in a good way and then connect you back to the song. To me, that's what yeah. songwriting is all about, and that's like what I'm trying to wrap my head around and figure out. And uh, I wish I just wrote more so I'd get better at it. But well, that's all it is too, and it's just it's just. Pro writing more makes you a better writer and that's i think like the what you just brought up is one of like the core fundamental things people not necessarily struggle with but you know just wrestle with or try to th wrap their head around where it's like 
you know, we have, there's chord progressions we know that work, but there, what about if you switch up one of those chords, is that going to now enhance it and make it a new special unique thing? Or are listeners going to go, hey, I don't want that chord. I want the chord that I know, I know where that resolves, where you're going to do like a two, five, one, you're going to do like, and I know it's going to go here. Or am I going to do a, and then am I going to do this? And you're going to fuck with people. Yeah. And then, but then it kind of gets back into it. That's, we were um, listening to um, When It Rains It Pours by Twiddle and that yeah. E major um, after, so it's C major. And then this is, to be in key, it's going to be E minor. Right. But it leads right into that. Right. Effect. Yeah, yeah. One little off, like, wrong part. Right. And it makes the entire song, the whole song is just those four chords. But it, um, yeah, it just kind of works out together. Yeah, we do. We've done it when we were on the road with Soto. We did our, our Wear It uh, remix. We did um, like a, an old school 90s hip hop version of uh, When It Rains It Pours, just with like John playing the chords. And then I was just doing like a microchoric 808 bass line. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's a really simple song that's a really effective song. That's yep. just, yep. and it, that's just the mark of, I mean, Mahali is a great songwriter. And that's yep. why their music is so, has such wide, wide appeal. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've really enjoyed digging into that, and that actually works well with um, uh, uh, I Man by um, the Biscuits as well. Oh, okay. Like, I have them kind of mashed together a little bit. Uh, right. And if you stay tuned to Home Fest and check out my 15-minute set I'm gonna be putting out there, I'll hey. make sure to include that in there. Uh, there you go. You get a little Biscuits twiddle mashup, man. People, that's good. Yeah. That's about it to goes, break the jam world. It goes into uh, Puppet String by. Uh, Umphreys, yeah. I remember you asking Stasic last summer mm-hmm. at Disc Jam Festival. You were like yep. asking him how to like play puppet string, and he was like telling you. And I'm like, oh shit, yeah. How do you play puppet string? It's just one five nines. Just like, that, that's a crazy baseline. We gotta have Stasic on the podcast and get him to dissect that baseline. That's, yeah. Well, that's what I, I'm from. I didn't go back into it, but I was trying to learn it on my own on bass so I could play it on on piano. Yeah. I was like trying to figure it out and like learn it. And he's like, dude, it's just one five nines. One five nine, one five nine, one five nine, nine, nine. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The whole, the whole way through. And it sounds so complicated, but it's so fucking simple. It's, but he's got the, there's a really smooth technique element yeah. that he uses yeah. that makes that slap and pop style really work. Yeah. He, he, he's a, he's a, he's a monster too. Yeah. That, he would be a great guest. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> well, this has been uh, very fun, and I look. Yeah, forward. we should do some more of these evening ones. I'm liking this. I know I'm vibing to the evening. I don't have to pee with, like I usually do. Um, I only have water and a seltzer here. I'm I'm usually like two coffees deep in my water, and like just like by the end of the interview, just like all right, the, the, I don't want to cut this off, but I really have to pee. Well, I got to get sushi, so I do have to cut this off. What? I thought we were just getting started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this next section is uh, Luke <laughs> playing for the next hour and a half on his own. You well, want to show us anything else on uh, on your style? Cause, well, uh, I mean, I guess I don't. You know, hopefully um, we just had the, uh, <laughs> the the moon. The moonlight's not recorded. If not, I'll just play a really quick thing. Um, just that in in the spirit of what you um what we we're talking about with kind of the melancholy chordal stuff is really fun to play as um, solo basis. Something I work on with a lot of my students is yeah, it's not always that fun to just sit around and. Like just do these like um, I was grooving to that. Yes, yeah, half diminished, you know, it's it's fire. But um, <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, there's something about, like just playing a bass line can get kind of repetitive and redundant. But playing quarterly and melodically, uh, you can do that shit on a bass, and it can still be interesting. So I've been trying to do that. Well, I've just found my students really enjoy that. 
So me just being like a movie nerd, I've been trying to like dissect and analyze more film scores and apply them to the bass. So I'll just play one quick that I've been fucking with heavily, which is my man J Dub, John Williams, Jurassic Park, Jay one of my favorite dubs. J fucking Dub. Oh, I do a, a Jurassic Park mashed up with Lion King on piano as well. Yo. Okay. So I want then your opinion on on my chordal um, approach to Jurassic Park. Okay. So check this out. I've got my EQ pedal on, so I know it's kind of. Does this sound a little better? Oh, man, you popped in there very British. I got my EQ pedal on. Well, I've got my pedal on here. How is this out, mate? I thought that was your uh, your side project band. The Flat, baby. Yeah. Man, The Flat would have been playing Dome Fest this year. We got, we, I did a side deal with Greg. He agreed to that we could headline. <sighs> Damn you. <laughs> that, that, that's the worst part. The worst part is The Flat not playing at Dome Fest. That's it. You, you sound good. You sound good. Okay, this, does this sound better, this, or the, this, or this? Uh, the, that, that one, I think. Cleaner here? Okay, yeah, I'll just play. So. Okay, here's my Jurassic Park scene. got the main hook. Still working it out. No, no, I, I love it. And I, I like Do the, uh, the, that's what bass does so well when I was doing the, the, you know, the, the ditones or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, just having the, you're doing so much more with so much less. Right. Um, I really it, like yeah. the, the, the feel. It just it kind of swirls your insides around a little bit differently. Um, and you can and, have a melody, just do whatever. Right. But the underneath working with it, that counter melody, is it's uh, really powerful. And the, the tone of the bass the, when it comes through like that, it's... Yeah. I, really like I agree. I, and it, it's such an interesting thing because we only have four strings that you really have to pick and choose what of what harmonic content you want to include in there, the bandwidth. You don't have a guitar or a piano where you can really include all this extra harmonic information. With bass, you're kind of just picking a, a bass note and a melody note. Yep, exactly. And that's what I was enjoying with those voicings for the Jurassic Park, just like that. Yeah, there's, I really it, like it, that. You, that, right? I, there's there's yeah. so much going on with the orchestra, but I was just trying yeah. to pick at the... You know, picking yep. which note changes. We know the melody... Making a chordal, uh, like you know, which what to make a fourth, what to make a fifth, yep. where you know what I mean. And that that's the kind of thing with what what I really love about music, especially for um, a more scientific, not really scientifically minded, cause I'm not as engineer minded, but just hmm. you know that that type of approach is there is a way to approach it but there's no right or wrong way like you right. can take it in any different direction and that's where the art comes into like the science aspect is like okay yeah. you're making fourths or fifths or thirds or whatever but the way you do it and the way you put it together it, m music is about choice it's about making a choice which so is quantum mechanics as well yeah. you're, hey observing in a certain direction and uh that's what kind of and to get a, you know back a little bit onto that quantum mechanics thing when i play when i'm just kind of jamming around 
I sometimes think of it as like the the bubbly nature of of the universe. So because of quantum mechanics, there's no space. There's no point in space that's exactly zero. Like nothing's happening in no times. There's always a little bit of movement. So if you have like a, a um, pendulum, yeah. quantum mechanics is never straight up and down. It's always kind of jiggling a little bit on a okay. very tiny quantum realm. So all of space is teeming. It's like this quantum foam that's bubbling out. You have these virtual particles being created and destroyed. And that's what they think the universe came from. It's possible that over an infinite amount of time, an endless amount of time that just keeps going, one of these quantum fluctuations was big enough to spark the entire universe. So right. it's a random fluctuation of nothingness creates something. So out of nothing, God, or random chance, said, let there be light. And boom, there is everything that we experience. And to me, I, I feel that music, and when I'm playing, just kind of... Just kind of like jammed with feeling it. I feel like I'm taking whatever, wherever I'm feeling, wherever I'm tuned in, or wherever the musician is tuned in to that innate nature of reality and just bringing it up into a level that can be experienced in our realm and whether or not that's a bunch of mumbo jumbo or just like what how i experience it it's a, a philosophical you know paradigm that i'm using to justify the feel i think it does inform how i'm feeling and how i'm playing and how other people are receiving it it's just like it really yeah. feels earnest and real to me um, yeah i mean that's back to basics as fuck dude <laughs> <laughs> like it really is. I mean, you're talking. You're going from everything from from you know your your personal foundation, your your human experience, and how that translates to a base to the fucking you know Big Bang theory, how all life in the universe was created. And I mean, that's the fucking crazy cyclical nature of the universe, man. And is that it is all basis. related? The, you know, from from nothing there is something, and that's you know what we're we're doing. And when when people are are you know tapping into this this tribal connection or like this you know I want to feel part of something bigger that's how I feel when I play music itself. Right. I'm, and so we as musicians are sort of the, the, the priest class of the religion of music. You know, that agnostic religion, as I call it, because you don't need a God or you can have one. Doesn't matter. You All, jam worship. bands are agnostic. I've been trying to enforce this concept on people. Because you, you can, it doesn't matter, but you still can worship music. That's what we're doing. We're worshiping the, Fuck yeah. that aspect, however you want to do it. If you're worshiping by, or just like grooving and feeling it, it doesn't matter, and even if you think like I'm just playing music, it's like no, you're you're using it, you're you're creating it and bringing it about in a way that can be honored and appreciated and and connects people. Right. You, know, there's you don't have to be Jimi Hendrix on his knees, like conjuring a spirit off his flaming guitar. But the like, way he did that's that, an awesome example of it. But you you did, can form that connection from sitting at home and may, and well, just that's, having that's an exactly experience. What it was, he's he hit this apex moment, and he was in all those states. But that wasn't just he got on stage one day and did it. He worked at it. He was playing on his own, right. just getting zoning in and just, you know, cool. That sounds cool. You know, like I'm enjoying that and having right. fun. And then you get to this level where it's like okay, in this venue, in this aspect, that's when you take it to that level. And he was a genius and, you know, brought it to a level that was so uh, just for visionary. He's such a visionary yeah. like that. Oh, aspect, yeah. but it, you can be your own kind of mini visionary just by messing around at home. I remember the first times I was playing in my house, I was playing so quiet because I didn't want my family to hear me because I'm like, I know I suck, but yeah. I know where I can go with it. Like, I right. can tell that there's something more to it, and it yeah. still felt as real and as, you know, important then as it does now, um, sometimes even more so. Um, 
because I'm just more used to it now. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking have bass in my hands. Like, I do it for a right. thing. I have to play bass. Right. And now as I'm talking with you and thinking about it, like, holy shit, this is, this is the wand. This is the connection. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, you're connecting yourself to your, your – I mean, the desire – bringing yourself back to those experience that magic you experience as a kid it's it it changes but yeah it's different i mean that sounds like the fucking westworld season three soundtrack so i heard you talking about westworld were we talking about it together or you were just posting i i I did a little rant on facebook about it yeah that actually helped me not i i'd been like getting into it i i thought it was just my not watching it religiously enough and like getting into it and like yeah. spending those moments but i watched a couple episodes and i i still had the same kind of like feeling i was like okay yeah i, I remember how mind spun that made me yeah and i was watching these episodes i'm like oh, okay yeah like, i'm pretty high i'm like i'm, 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 <laughs> I'm feeling this right now uh, yeah but are you I talking about season one or are you talking about the new season well, now i'm talking about the new season and okay. i was like trying to have that same connection because it was so mind-blowing to me and it like really like it made me think about things in a different way and so i was right. still trying to have that experience but i'd finish an episode and be like all right, all right yeah it was, that was cool but then i just i'm not drawn to watch the next one yeah I, I i was and, and when i finally yeah. saw that i was like oh, okay it, it's just not as good no i you you that was actually a really good way of summing it up how you just put it that the, the ep- westworld season one made you think and this puzzle box storytelling like the so- the, the narrative ingenuity in, the, in that season was incredible. It really and, – and some of the twists were so well executed, whether you fucking read Reddit or not, and every one of them was ruined. Like, it was incredible. And there wasn't that kind of mindfuck aspect to the, the new season. The new season was cool. I enjoyed it. But, yeah, I mean, it was a cool – every episode was kind of like a cool, like, heady kind of sci-fi thriller. But nothing that just goes, man, that was incredible. That was beautiful. There was also, no, like, emotional heartstrings – you know? I just don't. I don't. I love the actor in Breaking Bad. I forget his name. Oh, uh, Aaron Paul. Terribly cast in this season. I think it was the. It was not the right. He not he was fault. not he's, great. He's playing. He's doing what he does, and he's doing it. You know his way, and that's that's fine. It's just that's not the way to have gone with it. Like they took it and just like, okay, now we're gonna make it like super approachable again. It's like it's robots versus humans in the future. Yeah. And like it just don't. You don't need. I don't need an analog for me in there or like. Right. You know, I don't but need bro- every man. It's not about every man. It's about every robot, you know? Like, uh, yeah, and you got to think about more. it. Like, season one was Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris. <laughs> and now you're going to Aaron Paul. It's like, it's not, yeah. It, and it took so long to even get find out. Because I didn't think he was terrible. It's the same in Breaking Bad. I was like, he's fine for the role. He's not like a great actor, but he's good as Jesse. I liked, I liked him a lot as Jesse, yeah. but He worked his, very well in the, in the dynamic was, of the show. And that's what he should have done, and yeah. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting casting choice. It just felt like even Dolores, um, like Evan Rachel Wood, I really like her, and I like her in all the other seasons. But her just kind of cold demeanor and just like I'm doing this because of this, and if I don't do this, then this won't happen. It's just like okay, it, I don't know. There was no emotion in it, man. It was just kind of like, eh, okay. It didn't it didn't go as far off track as Game of Thrones did. So there's that. Yeah, but yeah, give it time. <laughs> I, I hope they do another season because I think they, you know, either bring it full circle, make it incredible, and then wrap the show, or just you can find out, okay, we got too far, and we still have one amazing season, a second season that's pretty good, yeah, and then a third setting season. Setting up that whole, you know, that whole aspect or something. Yeah, I, I think they'll do one more. Uh, the The budget on this season was crazy. Like, you, if you ever watch any of the behind the scenes stuff, I mean, it's like full on movie production 
mode. It's wild. So I think, I think that's almost a limiting factor because that's what happened in Game of Thrones. Is like each episode had to be this epic fight scene, and so it's, they had right. to write around their budget almost. It became too much of a the storytelling became second nature to the spectacle in Game of Thrones, and that was the main problem I think with that last season. It became too just dry. I'm just getting like esoteric and spacey with it. I'm laying the you're taking the lead, I'm laying the foundation. I'm just giving you some G minor pads. G minor, okay. Uh, that's the one that's for A, right? That's the one. Right after F. Alright, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll catch in. Let's get in. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking just some Nemesis Delay reverse shit, man. You can do whatever the fuck you want with it. Definitely just take <laughs> Just do an episode where we just, just do like some just, just noise jams. 100%. I'm so down. I want to just get let's do, wild with let, it. Let's just do an episode that's just an improv set. Just dual bait. You have, you've got your space station over there and let's make it happen. <laughs> I'm so fucking down. And I could, uh, God, I got to figure it away because I've wanted to do this where it's like, I don't know if you can jam over Zoom because of the time and everything, but if it's more I, ambient. I, I, I've struggled with that too, but exactly. I think if you do it less of a, of like um more of an ambient kind of right, thing, if exactly. it's not like a super rhythmic style thing, you can totally do it. Yeah, yeah, I really like where we were going with it. That was some Westworld season four shit preview. That, yep, Eastworld, Connecticut to Baltimore. <laughs> Eastworld, Connecticut to Baltimore. Yeah. The spooky action at a distance. at a distance. Yeah. 
That's what it I is. I think we've done great things for the world here today, my friend. Yeah, I really think so, man. It's yeah, the, what should've... started as a Game of Thrones discussion really just got deep at the end. This ain't a game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is a East World. Yeah, no, I want to figure out. Um, we should actually just get together at some point, even if we don't record it. Well, I'll just hit record anyway, but just try that out because I want to see if I can route your audio into my Ableton and loop what you're doing. Yeah. Figure out a way to like put this together or even just record it. I set up my loop pedal too, um, but I can do looping stuff and, and route it in, but I think... I think we've opened up something here. We've opened up the portal, man. Now there's no closing it. My man. Hell yeah. All right, go get some sushi, buddy. All right, and uh, we got our next guest. You're 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 on the you're contacting her and getting. His I'm out. on it. I'm on the All case. Right. Dope. Looking forward to it. All right, brother. You too, man. All right. I um. Shit. Should I start hitting record now, or what's the deal? To end it? No, to start it. I wasn't. I, I that this was all the preamble. This is like the sound check stuff, right? Should we j- just just do a week long stream of the podcast? <laughs> just it just it, the it, it's like the is this the lawn boy thing? It'll just be a week long. The next episode is one week. I'm just super stoked. I finally got to use this thing. Dude, that's really nice. That's making me. I'm feeling like hella stagnant over yep. here. And I finally got this uh, an actual webcam. That's you. Oh yeah. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Yo. And this is where my Moog is. It's under this glass table. Whoa. Yeah. So I have that here. Then... You could do like you could use a magic marker and write over the keys on your table. That's the space station right there, baby. Wow. And then this is a. This will all be in my. We're getting a, a sneak peek at the MTV Cribs, Ben Carey House. Who's that that we got there? Is that Aaron Paul? That's Gator. Wait, I want you to know, I, I, the camera's on me. I, I'm Yellow Boy right now. I really, we really need people to see that. Tap on your screen or something so the cameras, the angle switches. Okay, how's that? Better? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. There he is. That, I, that, that's what the people want. That's Gator. Yep. Got him. Amazing. Well, yeah. And there's my, I haven't yet, bro- it's a break in case of, Needing snack, I've wow. had that on there. Can- since candy cane, huh? I've ha- I've had that on there since day one of quarantine, just waiting for the day. <laughs> I really, I can't take it anymore. I got, I just, I just need my fix. It's like fucking candy cane. Did you get that? Is that a Sweetwater uh, treat? Yeah, that's where the fuck it is from. <laughs> I got my Sweetwater treats right here. Shout out Sweetwater. They they give you a sticker. Oh yeah. I got yeah, I got my sticker on something. So I got Stuck my Sweetwater sticker on my Sweetwater beer brewery wow. bottle. Meta. Yeah. That's fucking meta. You know what, man? Just so you don't feel like alone in your with your candy cane, I'll eat this little peppermint thing. Let's do it. Cheers, Dessert buddy. Before dinner, baby. Love it. Oh that's pretty good. Not bad, right? Merry Christmas to us. Happy Hanukkah. Shout out Sweetwater. Uh we'd like to thank our first official sponsor. Mm. <laughs> We are. Let's go, man. Come on, I need some more gear. Let me get Yo, that Kingsley. discount. Kingsley, hook it up. Is that your, is that your guy? Yeah, he's my guy. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. I don't have a guy yet. J- John that. and Rory have. We have like a little special guy, but I don't have a personal guy. So I. I think I, he's I, for I pigeons, one. but I'm the one who just constantly uses them. I'm like, okay. oh, I need this for pigeons. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Moog siren. Yeah, that's um, that's the, that's for pigeons, not me. I got the siren from uh, my friend Leland from Trimore Mojo in uh, Texas. Um, they're killing Uh-oh. it down there, but he has his presets on it. He's this killer like, synthesizer keyboardist dude, and he's one of the few people I've actually gotten to see and like sit down at a distance. Um, when we were driving back, we stopped in Dallas, and I got to sit down with him and his uh, girlfriend, me and CC, hanging out. Mm. And it was like 
any everyone's like first time out to eat again. We're like, this is incredible. We were the only people <laughs> in the restaurant. Yeah. God, it was great. Wild. Was great. I miss just spending all my money on food when I can cook better food here. Me too, though, man. I really, I miss having bean curries. Actually, well, I, there's an Indian place I've gone to. I, I've ordered out a couple times. But I really like eat. If you're eating curry and Indian food, man, I, I I like to eat at the restaurant. That's a that's a messy meal. Yep, yep. As and spoke, I like spoken, the ambi- I want Bollywood movies playing and like Indian music. I like to name, be immersed. Spoken as the namesake for that dish, I would have to agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. I am bean curry. I know you're. you're that's why I went to. You. I knew that you would be the authority on that matter. Do you like string beemans? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. String beans are great. I got some today at the grocery store, bro. String beemans. Yeah. Be-mans. I mean, you're Be-mans. looking at it. But man, that's that's what they used to call me, is String Beeman. Is it Beeman? Yeah, I, it's like it, I've been saying Beeman, but I, I feel like maybe I just started saying it that like way half through my life, and it was <laughs> maybe like Beeman before that. I'm not really sure. I let people say whatever the fuck they want. I like brownies, like Luke Beeman, you know, like a lot of people say Beeman. I, I, that might be right. They might be right. I might be be wrong. It's from Beaumont, the French word for hill. Interesting, because Greg is Ormont. He's also French. Oh, right. Yeah. I think that, uh, that's... A, Beaumont know. and Ormont. That Beaumont will be our duo. Beautiful, baby. Love it. All right, buddy. Well, hey, man, we'll, we'll be in touch. Good luck with everything with Homefest coming up. I'm excited to check all that shit out. Absolutely, and stay tuned for that ambient track by uh, the East, East, East Coast and Down. E- Eastworld presents spooky East action at a distance. <laughs> That's Love it, man. We got the, the branding's already there for us. Love it. Let's do these more often, man. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think we can absolutely, brother. We can just kind of get them together whenever we're free. Yeah, I think doing it more just the two of us too is a fun way to kind of get back to basics. It's a great way to get back to basics, and uh, it's been good talking, my friend. Good hang with you, brother. Yep. Enjoy your weekend, man. I'll talk All to right, you soon. Talk to you soon. All right, yep. buddy.